Thank you for listening to Changed by His Word, a podcast of Pine Level Missionary Baptist Church featuring the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Brad Lee. We invite you to join us each Sunday at 11 a.m. for worship. For more information, visit us online at pinelevelmbc.org. And now for today's message. Chapter 20, beginning in verse 24, the Bible says, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the imprints of the nails, and put my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here your finger and see my hands, and reach here your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they who did not see and yet believe. You know, a few years ago, I had the opportunity to take a group of students on a mission trip down to Fort Caswell, located on Oak Island. And one of the assignments we had for the week was to go out on the beach. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? And set up a volleyball net, play volleyball with our group, and as people walked by, to invite people over to play a game of volleyball with us, to get to know them and to look for an opportunity through that to be able to share the gospel with them. And one day we were on that beach and we ran into a group of guys that were from UNC. Now we didn't hold that against them. They were from UNC and we met a guy named Christian. And you could tell just by looking at Christian that he was a very athletic guy, a very well-built young man, a very handsome young man. And we engaged them with a a game of volleyball and, and had a great game. And then following the game, I called Christian over and said, Hey, Christian, do you mind if I share the Bible with you? Do you mind if I share with you what Jesus has done for you? He said, yeah, that'll be okay. And I used a little tool, looks a little bit like a Rubik's Cube, called an Avenger Cube. And I walked through the gospel and shared it with him. And then I invited him to put his trust and faith in Jesus. And I never will forget what Christian told me that day. He looked me right square in the eyes and he said, I put my trust in my family and in my friends. I trust in those things that are are tangible. The things that I can see, the things that I can touch, the things that I can hold on to. In other words, I've got to see that in order to believe it. You know, today there's many people just like Christian. There's many people that are walking that same life, that have that same mindset, and perhaps that's you today. Perhaps you're thinking along those same lines today. You doubt the claims of Scripture. You doubt the testimony of Scripture. uh, And that doubt may be small, but yet it's growing and Perhaps you're here or watching online and it's grown into a large amount of doubt and and you are not sure, you're just uncertain about all of these claims. I want you to know this morning that your doubt, your unbelief, does not change the fact that the Bible is true. The Bible is true regardless of whether you and I believe it or not. And the Bible also says that there's absolutely nothing under the sun. And just as sure as you're doubting today, 
There were those that doubted back then. There were those that doubted when Jesus walked on earth. I've got good news for you this morning. God is passionately pursuing you. God loves you. And the only hope is found in Christ. For the next few moments, I want to lay just a few simple truths on your heart in a message that I've entitled, Stop Doubting and Believe. If you're taking notes, I want you to notice first the testimony of others. The testimony of others. We find this in verses 24 and 25. So it's Sunday and Friday just passed. Jesus was crucified on Calvary's cross on Friday. We just uh, remembered that just a couple days ago. We call it Good Friday. And when you think about that, it really makes you want to scratch your head and say, how in the world can that be good? The events that happened that day, I shared that this morning in our sunrise service, when the two Marys appeared at that gravesite. That wasn't a good day for them. But it's good because of the fact that now we're living on this side of the cross and we know what Jesus did. But take yourselves back to their shoes for just a moment. Take yourselves back to the cross, Calvary, when Jesus was crucified. And when Jesus said these words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And think about the fact that that moment, during that moment, your sin, my sin, the sin of the world, past, present, and future, was placed upon the back of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was in that moment that the Father turned His back on the Son that Jesus bore the weight of your sin and my sin and the sins of the world. The sin that you and I were condemned to die for. Then His body was taken down from the cross, kept by Pontius Pilate, until Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body. His body was then prepared for burial, placed in a tomb. The tomb was sealed. Guards were placed by the tomb. Then early that third morning, that resurrection day, the two Marys traveled to that tomb. And what they witnessed was unlike anything they had ever seen before. Previously the tomb was sealed, but now the tomb was open. And not only was it open, the tomb was empty. And Jesus, the risen Savior, appeared, appeared to Mary Magdalene, and she saw him with her own eyes. Can you imagine that? What that must have been like to see Jesus face to face. You looked at the tomb, the tomb was empty, but Jesus appeared to you. Then Mary went to tell the disciples. You know the disciples that we've been studying about in Mark's gospel. The twelve that were committed to following Jesus, minus one who betrayed him. Peter said, Lord, I'm willing to die for you. I'll stand in your place. Mary, a woman, saw the empty tomb. Women were considered insignificant during that day. And it's amazing that God chose a woman to go to the tomb. Amen. God loves women. God loves men. God loves all people, red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in His sight. But Mary saw the risen Savior, and you know what she did? She said, I've got to go tell the disciples. And she walks into where the disciples are to tell the disciples, and guess what? They don't believe. They had in that moment a heart of unbelief. She gave testimony concerning what she had seen. The resurrected Lord, Mary, believed. And then later that day, the first day of the week, Sunday, resurrection day, the disciples gathered in a room. You know why they were in the room? They were hiding. They were afraid. They were fearful. You know why? Because they thought they may be next. Their lives may be taken. 
You see, they had seen Jesus betrayed, taken to the Garden of Gethsemane, crucified, buried. They watched these events unfold firsthand. They were eyewitnesses to this account, and they were fearful for their lives. Therefore, they were hiding, and Jesus appeared to them. And listen to what he said. These are comforting words for us today. Jesus said, peace be with you. Then the Bible says he showed them his hands and his side, and they were glad when they saw the Lord. I believe when we see Jesus face to face, and he holds his arms out like this, we're going to see the nail-scarred hands. And I believe we're going to see his side where it was pierced. So put yourselves in their shoes and imagine what they felt. Their thoughts, their emotions. These disciples saw Jesus with their very eyes. Now, in verse 20, Jesus first appeared to the disciples. Notice this, Thomas was not with them. So it's these disciples minus Thomas. But then in verse 24, Thomas showed up on the scene. And like Mary, the Bible also records the testimony of the disciples. I mean, they were ecstatic. They said to Thomas... We have seen the Lord. They saw. They believed. They trusted. But not only did they boldly testify, there were others as well. Those on the road to Emmaus. Simon Peter. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6, the Bible says there were 500 others that testified to the fact that the Lord had risen. You look in the book of Acts, you have Stephen who was the first martyr. He testified to the resurrection. You have the Apostle Paul, whose life, whose life was converted on uh, the Damascus Road in Acts chapter 9. He testified. So we have here, first and foremost, the testimony of not just two ladies, not just two over here, but some over here, and over 500 that testified to the fact that Jesus resurrected from the grave. But notice, secondly, this morning, we also see those... Who doubt? The one who doubts. We find this in verses 24 and 25. Now, unlike the other disciples, Thomas had not physically seen the resurrected Lord. Hey, they had, they had one up on him, didn't they? They were probably, they were probably laughing about it. <laughs> Man, we've seen him. You ain't seen him. <laughs> right? Y'all don't act like that, do you? Sometimes we do. So Thomas said this. He said, I will not believe unless I can see it with my own eyes. Hey, like Christian I mentioned at the beginning, I will not believe. I wonder how many people today, if you're honest, will say the same thing. You'll just say, preacher, that I, can't, that I can't wrap my mind around it. I can't believe that a man was dead and he rose to life. I, I, I can't believe that. There were those then that didn't believe. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen the wind? You ever seen the wind? You say, no, preacher, I've never seen the wind, but I've seen the effects of the wind. I've seen the devastating results of the wind. When I'm standing over here at the, the parsonage, I can look out at the flags, and I can tell if it's a windy day. You know why? Because those flags will be whipping in the wind. I can't see the wind, but I see the effects of the wind. How about oxygen? You ever seen oxygen before? Now, nobody in their right mind would say to me today, well, I don't believe in oxygen. You better. You need it to breathe. Somebody will say today, I don't believe in China or Russia. I've never been there. Well, I've never been there either. 
But I believe that they're real places because I've met people and talked to those who have been there and they testified to that fact. Now Thomas makes this extremely bold statement. He says, unless I see his hands, the imprints of the nails, unless I put my finger into his side and physically touch him, I don't care what you guys say, I'm not going to believe. I'm not going to put my trust in something that I cannot see. Now I want you to think about Thomas for a minute. Thomas gets a bad rap. I mean, we tend to throw Thomas under the bus. Because when you think about Thomas, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Doubt. Thomas was a doubter. He's doubting Thomas. So what we do is we throw Thomas under the bus, but we fail to realize that the other apostles, they doubted as well. And you fail to realize that before you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, there was doubt in your life as well. So we're all guilty of the same thing. And why is it that people are remembered for their failures and their weaknesses instead of the good? Why was Thomas not remembered for what he was about to say versus the fact that he's remembered because he doubted? What is doubt? Well, doubt means to call into question the truth, to lack confidence in, to consider something to be unlikely. And that's exactly where Thomas found himself that day. He doubted the claims of the Bible. He doubted the testimony of Jesus. And perhaps that's you this morning. And you simply say, I need more evidence. I need more proof. I need something else that I've not yet received. I've got to touch him. I've got to see him in order to believe. So first we have the testimony of others. Secondly, the one who doubts. But notice thirdly this morning. The one who believes. I love this. The one who believes. We find this in verses 26 through 28. The Bible tells us that a week had passed. And once again the disciples gathered in a room behind closed doors. And not only are the doors closed because they're fearful. I believe the door was also locked. I'd have locked the door, wouldn't you? If I'm scared I'm going in the house, I'm not going to shut the door. I'm going to lock the door. So I believe they locked the door as well. And then the Bible says nothing about the door being open, which is a miracle in and of itself. But the door is shut, and all of a sudden Jesus appears on the scene. How did he get there? I believe he walked right through the door in his resurrected body. Do you realize that your resurrected, glorified body is not going to be like this body? You're not going to pinch yourself and say, Ouch! It's going to be a glorified, resurrected body for those who are in Christ. And Jesus says to those disciples once again, Peace be with you. And Thomas is with them this time. You follow me? Thomas is with them. And then Jesus focuses his eyes right on Thomas. I bet they were looking right one another right, right square in the eyes. That's what I do with my kids when they misbehave. And I tell them to look at me. Have you ever noticed that before? If you get on a child and they've been misbehaving and you look at them, this is what they'll do. Hey, look at me. Look at me, buddy. Right? No, I want your eyes to meet my eyes. Because I want to be able to look right into your heart, right into your soul, right? So I believe that, that Jesus looked at Thomas, their eyes met, and listen to what happened. Jesus said this, Thomas, reach here your finger, see my hands, reach here your hand, Put it into my side, and this is the key. 
Stop being unbelieving and believe. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. In other words, Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and put your trust and your faith in me. You've seen me. Thomas had lived with Jesus. He had walked with Jesus. He had seen miracle after miracle after miracle. That's why I get so upset when people say to me, Oh, if I could only see a miracle, then I would believe. No, you wouldn't. There were those that walked with Jesus that saw miracle after miracle after miracle. And you know what they did? They turned and walked away from Jesus. You don't need another miracle in order to believe. You simply need to use the faith that you've been given and exercise it and put it in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's people in the world today that are demanding additional evidence. They're looking for more proof. However, God has given you all the evidence you need. Where is that found? Right here. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. What is the Bible? This is God's love letter to you. Listen, don't think for a moment that the Bible is just a bunch of rules that you've got to follow. That's what the world will tell you. I'm not going to go to church to read the Bible because all you got to do is follow a bunch of rules. No, you don't. No, you don't. When you live in obedience to Jesus, He sets you free. And the Bible says, if the Son has set you free, you shall be free indeed. You trust Jesus and you're liberated, you're set free. He gives you these commands so that you won't get into trouble, amen? So that you'll do what you've been called to do. But God's Word is His love letter to us. It, it tells us how God created a perfect world. It tells us how God created two perfect people, Adam and Eve. It tells us how they willfully disobeyed God. It tells us all of the history of Israel, how they were walking with God, they were following Him. Then they turned and started following idols, and then they're walking and following God, and then they're worshiping idols once again. And it goes back and forth time and time again because God had called Israel to be set apart, and that's what He's called you to be today. The Bible says that you're to be holy for He is holy. But the Bible tells us not only how man sinned, it tells us how God sent a rescuer. And his name is Jesus. And how Jesus came and lived the life that you couldn't live, died the death that you were condemned to die. He was buried in that tomb, and praise God, on a day like today, 2,000 years ago, Jesus arose victorious from the grave. It tells you how to be made right with God by turning from your sins and trusting Jesus with your life. It tells how God will one day restore all things to the way that He intended them to be in the first place. You may say, well, why aren't they like the way God intended them to be? Because man messed it up. We used to sing a song in vacation. I love vacation Bible school songs. If y'all want to memorize scripture, just play you some VBS CDs, okay? It went like this. Sin messed everything up, everything up. Now think about that a minute. Sin messed everything up. A lot of truth in that, isn't there? Sin messed everything up. But God will one day restore things to the way that he intended them to be. So Thomas, listen to this, I love this. You know what he did? Thomas stopped doubting. He took his eyes off himself, off of his circumstances, and he put his eyes on Jesus. Write this verse down. You hear me quote it often. Hebrews 12, 2. You and I are to look unto Jesus, 
the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Put your eyes on Jesus. And I believe in this very moment, when the Bible says that Thomas said, My Lord and my God, I believe in that very moment, Thomas hid his face. I believe he bowed down at the feet of Jesus and worshipped Jesus. By the way, listen to me this morning. Don't miss this. If you're watching online or you're here and you're saying in your heart, I'll never bow down to Jesus. Listen to what the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2. The Bible says in verses 5 through 11 that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Everybody will bow at the feet of Jesus. But what's most important is when that takes place, when you do that. So first we have the testimony of others, the one who doubts, the one who believes. I want you to know this fourth and finally this morning, the blessing to those who believe. We find this in verse 29. Look at verse 29 again. Verse 29 says, Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. I love this. Blessed are those who did not see and yet believed. So Thomas demanded additional evidence. He needed more in order to believe. And, and however, you've been given everything right now in order to stop doubting and believe. Hey, I've never physically seen Jesus. I've never laid my eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. So the text here in verse 29 is relevant for you. It's relevant for me as well. And although I've never seen Jesus, I love the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to testify to that today. I've not always lived the life I should have lived. There's so many times I wish I could go back and redo, amen? But I'm thankful that He's forgiven me, that He saved me, that He loves me. And you know what I have to do daily? Because I'm far from perfect. I fall short of the glory of God as well. I have to repent of my sins. Apply 1 John 1, 9 that says if you've confessed your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I have to apply that and to trust Jesus. Not just day by day, moment by moment. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But maybe you're here, maybe you're watching online and you say, what do I need, pastor, in order to believe? What do I need? You've got to trust the Word of God. You've got to trust the Bible. You've got to recognize who you are in light of who God is. You've got to recognize this truth that the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. So what you get as a result of your sin is not only physical separation from God. You get physical death. But God doesn't want that for you. Matter of fact, the Bible says it's His desire that none should perish. But all should come to repentance. And even while we were walking in our sin, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world. Amen? That He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And the Bible says in Romans 10, 
If you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So you've got to believe that Jesus arose bodily the third day. You've got to believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. You've got to confess Jesus with your mouth. And that sounds like a whole lot, doesn't it? But listen to me. I say all of that and explain these details, but I don't want to overcomplicate the gospel. Dr. Adrian Rogers once said these words. He said, the word of God is shallow enough for a small child to come and get a drink of water without fear of drowning. Yet it's so deep that even the greatest scholars can swim for all eternity and never touch bottom. We overcomplicate the gospel. We make it sound like people have to swing from chandeliers and do backflips and splits and cartwheels and all of that stuff that I can't do. But that's not what the Bible says. Here's a summary of the gospel in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you don't know Jesus today, today's the day to stop doubting and believe. The Apostle Paul wrote these words. Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Turn from your sins. Trust Jesus Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Bible says, in that moment, you shall be saved. Now, notice the blessings, and I'll wrap up. The blessings to those who believe, and eternity with God. If you're not excited about going to heaven or think you're going to be floating on a cloud playing a harp, you need to read the Bible, amen? I don't read anywhere about if I'm floating on a cloud. I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to be in the presence of Jesus so I get to live in eternity with God. The Bible says of this life that it's like a vapor. It's here one moment and it's gone the next. I've met people in my life that have said to me, Well, i got to live it up. I only get one life. you got to live while you can. I'll sleep when I'm dead. It's like a vapor. It's here one minute and it's gone the next. The writer of Hebrews said these words. It's appointed to man to die once and then the judgment. An eternity with God. Abundance. Joy. Life. Hope. Purpose. Did you know that Christians should be the happiest people on planet earth? And so often we're walking around. I'm going to go to church today. Get your butt up and go to church. Amen. Worship Jesus. Not just on Sundays, but every day. We should be the happiest people on planet earth. Even during the difficult times because we have a hope that the world does not have. We have joy and we have peace because we know Jesus. So not only do we get eternal life, which is going to be glorious... We get to live right now. Jesus said, I've come so that you may have life and have it abundantly. Have life right now. You get to do what you were created to do. You get to live so that others may see Jesus living in you. Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen, yet they believe. So living for Jesus is not a burden. We should be the happiest people on planet earth. The blessing that comes... To those who believe. Eternity with God. 
and abundant life the moment you trust Jesus. That sounds like a good plan to me. I don't know of a better one. That's the plan I want to follow. And I want to make much of Jesus because I serve a risen Savior. My Savior's not like Buddha. My Savior's not like Muhammad. My Savior is alive. He's living today. And He lives forevermore. I've put all of my eggs in one basket. All of those dyed eggs that we got at Easter, that the bunny brought, all of them are in one basket. All of my hope and my trust and my faith is in Jesus and Jesus alone. But what about you today? Where do you stand in relation to God? Could it be that today is the day that you've heard the claims of Christ You've heard the testimony of Scripture and you say, Preacher, today's the day that I'm turning to Jesus. I'm putting my hope and my trust in Jesus today. I hope and pray that's you. For the believer that's here, it's a day of rejoicing. Amen. We rejoice in who Jesus is, what He's done for us in the past, and what He's going to continue to do moving forward. You've been listening to Changed by His Word, the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Brad Lee. We hope that you have been encouraged and challenged by this message. If you have any questions about the message or about your relationship with Jesus Christ, please contact Pastor Brad at changedbyhisword at gmail.com. Thank you and God bless.